today's episode of the Art of Visuals podcast, we will be taking an insider's look into the tourism industry. Andrea Rayburn, a specialist in the field, is here to share her wisdom with us. Prince, let's get started. Welcome to today's guest on the show, Andrea Rayburn from Visit Idaho. Andrea, how are you? Doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Why don't you let the community know a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. Um, so I am a tourism specialist for the Idaho Tourism Department. VisitIdaho.org is kind of our front-facing consumer piece. I do content development, um, mostly focusing on photo and video acquisition and assets along with um, editorial development. Excellent. What does the acronym DMO stand for? Uh, so in our business, it means Destination Marketing Organization. Okay, and Visit Idaho is a state agency. So what's the difference between a state agency and a DMO? Correct. So a state tourism office like Visit Idaho is kind of like a DMO on steroids. We all have the same goal, which is to market a specific destination, but a DMO is going to focus on a smaller area. So um, here in Idaho, that may be like Boise. Their job is to market that specific area. They go to shows around the country or sometimes internationally and promote that area. For us as a state agency, our job is to promote, to promote the entire state. So again, a little bit kind of like a DMO on steroids. Gotcha. Okay. So you guys, the, uh, the overseeing organization, what's the, uh, I guess, what's the goal and purpose of a state agency like Visit Idaho? So first and foremost, you know, it's going to be awareness. If you don't know who we are, what we do, um, what we have to offer, you're not going to come visit. So awareness is really important for us. The other piece of that is visitation. It's important to get people here to experience everything that we have to offer and then to spend nights uh, within the state because, again, there's a huge economic impact piece to that. Okay. What is it that excites you most about the state of social media in the travel industry? That's such a broad question. But I think the thing that's most interesting is for a very long time, kind of campaigns have been one photographer driven. So you've hired one commercial photographer to shoot one specific campaign. And now with social media, there's this kind of authentic voice feel. So you can have 17 different people going to the same area, but each story is so unique and so different. So there's there's just this vibrant piece of storytelling that's so readily accessible that hasn't existed before. I couldn't agree more. And it's really cool to see you guys and like other agencies around the countries like really taking advantage of that and creating, you know, next level content and really utilizing I guess UGC, as you could call it, user-generated content to really tell authentic stories from people either in these areas or people that are traveling to these areas. And I I agree. I think it gives a really unique perspective that's otherwise it's hard to get from one person. What are the common types of creative content that tourism agencies may be in search of? So editorial is always really important. I think everybody is kind of familiar with the phrase content is king. Uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, So editorial, um, again, photos, both for um, print and for digital use. Video, again, for larger campaign concepts. And then for social cuts, you know, people to help do Instagram takeovers or Facebook lives. There's, There's a lot of pieces that depending on the campaign and the season that we may go after. Gotcha. How often do you guys do like takeover type deals? You know, I think it really varies by the organization and it kind of just depends. A lot of times it just is, is the fit right for us? Is the message that that person is particularly known for, does it align with what our overall goals are? Absolutely. 
What are the most common partnerships tourism agencies might engage in with influencers and or bloggers? Again, I would say that's probably pretty broad because it, it really depends on what you're going for at the specific time. You know, we have an event called Boise Restaurant Week that's done um, in October. So that is a different storytelling piece than maybe our summer campaign pieces, our 18 Summers piece, which is more family adventure oriented. So again, it's going to be editorial collaborations, photo collaborations, video collaborations. I would say like the creative range just varies constantly. So it's kind of hard to put that one in a box. Gotcha. So depending on which type of or which time of year it might be and what campaigns you guys have, may have active, editorial might be extremely important and video and photo may not or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're really looking for video for the next three months and not really looking for bloggers to write any articles or things like that. So, okay. With that said, what's the easiest way? So there's lots of photographers around the world and their like dream is just to travel and shoot content. So it's not even so much about them getting paid a ton of money to do X, Y, Z. It's like, I just want a free trip to fly to a new place, see beautiful places, have awesome experiences, tell these beautiful stories and get to do it for free. And what's the easiest way for a photographer to reach out to a tourism company and get a free trip somewhere? Well, I think I think we have to be careful about the word free because again, when you're when you're reaching out, like our number one concern is is your messaging and the story you like to tell. Is it in line with what we need to accomplish? And again, depending on the size of uh, maybe the tourism entity you're reaching out to, some people may have limits based on state budgets. I think there sometimes is this misconception that some of these agencies function like private sector businesses and there's all this money. And many states are limited by state budgets. And in some cases, those budgets are being cut 20, 30, 40%. So I think if you're really interested in doing this, you have to to know what the give and take is. So if you're super interested in coming to Idaho, then maybe you say, hey, I'll cover my flight, my rental car. Um, let's have a discussion about my content and, you know, covering lodging. Because again, like we only have a specific budget to cover that content. But I still have to fill an editorial calendar 52 weeks a year. So if you price yourself out of the market, I may be in love with you. Um, but if you price yourself out of the market, you price yourself out of the market. You know, and we, in our case, we're a seven-person team. So I'm not going to spend my time chasing down somebody who's thousands of dollars above what I can do. So you just, you really have to understand the give and take about what you're hoping to do and how you're hoping to support the messaging of that tourism entity. Gotcha. So it sounds like it really depends. Some trips, some trips might be fully paid for or other trips. It's like, Hey, if you're already planning, maybe say to come to Idaho, you could reach out and maybe we could work something out to where we can get you guys a free pass to do an activity like kayaking or zip lining or get you a free night stay somewhere or some type of other deal. But it might not be, you know, just a free trip. We're going to come out and spoil you guys and send you out to do all these different things. You guys do do that. Uh, I imagine probably with some people for very specific campaigns, but it's not the normal Well, and I think the expectation, too, has to be that if we're going to collaborate, then it's like, hey, if we have a partner who's willing to support you doing kayaking, then I want those kayaking assets. 
You know what I mean? So it's it's either video, it's photos, it's editorial. Assume that probably any tourism entity that you work with will provide you a shot sheet because we have specific needs that'll need to kind of melt within your own vision. So, you know, this isn't go out and shoot three, four, five shots and then go play for 10 or 15 hours. You know, and I think, too, it's really important as people kind of figure out if this is what they want to do to understand that partner relationships are so important in tourism and that um, as a state agency, we strongly depend on our partners to support us in that messaging. Otherwise, a lot of what we do could could be fiscally unattainable. So when we're working on on pieces, you know, it's saying, hey, we're working with travel photographer. We think that this specific kayaking adventure would really highlight uh, something that we're doing in our campaign. Could you help coordinate rentals for that day? You know, and that's a cost that they're willing to incur because they see the value in it. And so, again, it's it's making sure that everybody understands kind of the full circle of respect there. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I think free is kind of misleading as far as, as how that all plays out because everybody has skin in the game. Right. So it's almost more or less oftentimes everyone trading out and working together to accomplish Yep. a goal and everyone's getting their piece. The The content creator gets to travel and create beautiful content. You guys get amazing assets to help promote the state yep. and the partner gets assets to promote their business. Correct. Which is awesome. So that's good to hear. With that said, a lot of content creators are constantly using hashtags on social media. So is tagging hashtag say visit Idaho, is that a good way to get noticed and to get yourself as a content creator in front of the tourism agency? I think it's a great way to signpost it. As everybody kind of knows, social media moves at the speed of light. Things are happening in so quickly. And so when we're coming through content every day and seeing what's happening, it's really important to have those signposts. It also helps in our case because Idaho is so large to see where people are across the state and maybe you've tagged something, visit Idaho, and you're up in northern Idaho, and we're like, oh, man, we totally need um, some assets from there. Let's, you know, DM this person and kind of see how this conversation could go. So I think in our particular case, it's a really helpful tool. So the next question is probably one of the most important questions. So what is the proper way for a content creator, blogger, photographer to reach out to a tourism agency via email or a phone call? So phone calls, I think, can be tricky because, again, size of team can vary depending on what you're looking at across the country. So you may not you may try to call somebody who's never at their desk. Right. So So emails are great. I think probably the biggest problem that I see is people email you with the broadest pitch in the history of the universe. And when you're getting 8, 10, 15, 20 pitches a day, the most helpful thing, narrow it down. Like, tell me, I love to shoot lifestyle backcountry in the summer. I'm coming to Idaho in July or I'm looking to come to Idaho in July. Let's talk about this. Because if somebody is like, I shoot awesome epic photos in nature, that tells me nothing. I can't, I can't figure out how you work into my editorial calendar. I can't concept where you might go in the state. And I can't figure out budget-wise where you might fit. 
because in our case, we run on a fiscal calendar. So our money restarts at the end of June. So it's important to kind of lay out those pieces as you're going throughout the year. So the more information you can give me and specifics is super helpful. If you know that your your followers, your readers, the people that engage with you are like, hey, we only like yoga on the river in spring. Let me know that. And then I think the other thing too, as, as those conversations evolve, is to make sure that you really understand the end game of the of the entity that you're working with. So in some cases, you know, I would be really interested in buying B-roll. That's a really helpful piece to us as a state agency. However, you know, other partners that you may talk to, if they get B-roll, don't know what to do with it because they're going to have to go out of house to find somebody to edit it. So in your pitch, does it make more sense to say, hey, I'd love to make sure that we get you, you know, two 15-second video cups, one 30-second video cut, and then one minute of just highlights, and that'll be yours. Because in that way, they don't have to seek out extra services or extra costs in order to fulfill their needs. You know, make sure you have in the back of your mind um, a project or a pitch that is scalable. Again, budgets can be extremely tight. So if you come in with super grand plans but don't know how to figure out how to do something similar for several hundred or seven, several thousand dollars less, that, that puts us at a quarter. And again, we may walk away from that. Right. Because it's like, well, I'm interested, but I need to do this, this, and this, but I can only do it for, you know, $500 or $700. So be ready to have that conversation about how, how you can move the pieces around. So what exactly did you mean by make sure you present a project that's scalable? Is that scalable in like price, meaning it, you price can flush, be able to fluctuate yep. uh, cost and then how fast? Delivery? Yeah, delivery is really important. The deliverables are important. Again, some people have no need for editorial, so they only want photos. But I think it's just important to go in being flexible and know that everybody just has different goals and different budgets. So what what you feel like you might want and what you may get may be different. But again, you're forming a relationship, right. um, which I think sometimes is almost more important. So it sounds like the key takeaways there are being flexible and being pitching a specific project. Don't just say, hey, I'm epic photographer from France and yeah. I do everything and I'd love to come visit because uh, the reality is you guys are too busy. You don't have time to, to put together projects for every single person that reaches out. So the more direct they can come with a very niche project saying, hey, I'm a backcountry skier and I love riding backcountry sunrises and taking photos and I'd love to come do that for you guys at Brundage, then exactly. it's a lot easier to say yes yep. or, or work with that person than the person that's broad. Yep. Yep. Excellent. So you guys need to get more specific in your pitches. I think the other thing too is that you have to remember that we get approached all of the time by people who say, I'm a travel photographer, I'm a travel writer, I'm a travel blogger. Unfortunately, every Tom, Dick, and Harry at this point kind of says like, oh, I've seen it on Instagram. This is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. So our job, again, is to vet everyone thoroughly. And so you have to remember when we're saying, okay, um, send me links to your content. I want to see a full year of photos. I want to see full seasonality. Um don't get defensive. You People may know you in your space um, or your industry, but we don't. 
And it's definitely not something that's meant to be confrontational. But again, our job is to vet everyone to make sure they're the right fit for the messaging that we have. Um, don't be surprised a lot of tourism boards, and in our case, um, I'm even doing it as well, especially for people who create editorial or manage their own site. I'm asking for three to six months of analytics proof. Um, cause you can send a media packet or a media pitch and you can say whatever you want, but I need to see that that engagement is there, that what you're promising is there. Um, I will go through all your Instagram posts. I will read all your content. So, you know, really make sure the proof is in the pudding. Everybody checks. Right. So what could a content creator or blogger, what links could they provide in that email uh, to make sure that they're getting you everything you want? Like, you know, website, portfolio, uh, what else is like really important to make sure that they have in that first email? If you've worked with any tourism agencies previously, that's always wonderful information. Um, I often call previous clients um, to ask about those relationships, how they feel the product went. You know, the more photos you could provide, um, or at least a look back to them is really helpful because again, I just have to make sure the imagery matches with our messaging. It doesn't mean that I don't necessarily love your photos because they're just some amazing photographers, but sometimes that doesn't match with what we need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Does it help when the blogger or influencer's pitch is more in line with the tourism goals? Like, should they be Googling your company and trying to figure out what your guys' goals are and put something that's more in line with that? Or do you think it's better for them to just pitch something that's more authentic to what they would like to do for you? So I think it kind of has to to meet in the middle somewhere. I can definitely tell when people send me pitches and they've never looked at our website and have no idea what we do. And then... Sometimes I think epic adventure content can just get so far removed from what we as the state of Idaho need to market that, again, it's just it doesn't align with our messaging. So I think we have to meet somewhere in the middle um, because we want everyone's visit and experience to be authentic. You don't want a, a force or faked story. That's not what inspires you to go places. So take the time, read the website, check out their content, look at the photos and see where you can meet in the middle because that will resonate with the person who's trying to evaluate if you're the right fit for what they need. Right. And I think the the creator too needs to be real with themselves because there's probably agencies where they'll get to their website and see the content they're putting out and just realize, hey, it's probably not a good fit for me and I'm not a good fit for them. Like we like... We do completely different things. So I should probably try to find, you know, a company that's doing things that's more in line with, you know, my look or my style, whatever it may be. So on your guys' side, you guys probably do a little more time prospecting and qualifying, you know, the tourism agencies before reaching out because otherwise you're just wasting both people's time. Yeah. Um, Which no one likes because we're all busy. (laughs) (laughs) How do you see the future of tourism social media and influencers working together in say 2021 because like you've seen like you've been here for a while right so you you had to have seen like some type of change with like the instagram boom and so what do you think is going to happen you know five years from now what's like what is that you know what does it look like are you do as you do you think your day-to-day job is still the same or do you think things are changing the way you guys work with people you know, I think it's going to continue to evolve because we all love the accessibility of these stories. 
you don't have to go to anybody else, but you can dive into this pool of peers and and figure out how to craft your day, how to craft your week, how to craft your vacation. You know, I think we're going to probably get over a hump of kind of the people who like to generalize themselves as travel writers or photographers and really move into the people who are experts in their field. Because we all love peer reviews. They're very important. But at some point, you really need to make sure that somebody is like, hiked that hike and knows exactly that that one tree with the funny limb on the left is where you got to take the turn to go to that super cool hot spring. And that's just information that you can't culminate pulling together a bunch of Google searches. And so I think the expectation from the audience may change as far as the level of information delivered. Right now, we're all so much in love with the imagery because it is that authentic story. So it's the next layer of like, how do you give me all the super cool insider tip pieces that take me there? I have a similar outlook. I feel like brands in general, like not just tourism agencies, but just brands around the world are going to start like I feel like they're going to have massive marketing departments because I think they're going to start hiring like lots of like independent creators to be like extensions of their marketing arm just because like like you said like peer to peer like we're like we're learning on you know what do you want to do this weekend we're checking social media and we're seeing what our friends are talking about I'm not necessarily clicking on the tourism site in London to go see what what there is to do in London I'm more or less like seeing like what my friends in London are doing like what are the cool spots where are they go and what are they saying about these places and that's normally where I want to go so it's almost like and I think with the millennial and the Gen Z generation they don't want to be necessarily marketed to they want to be a part of the marketing like Absolutely. they want to like help out and, and a lot of them are gun ho to do it for free they're just like hey like, I just want to be a part of this thing and so uh, I see a whole lot of collaboration between like brands, tourism agencies, and the actual creators working a lot more closely, which I think is going to hopefully benefit everyone, which is exciting. Any other advice you would give to content creators looking to engage with tourism agencies? You know, I, th- I think, again, understand budgets are limitations. Staff is a limitation. Make sure that you're pitching far enough in advance for the editorial you want to do. Um, So my editorial calendar, in my personal experience, is typically solidified 8 to 12 weeks out. So if you're thinking about a summer pitch, make sure you're contacting me, you know, sometime December, January, February, so we can make all the arrangements. Because it's great if you call me in June and want to go do something in um, the Sawtooth Mountains, but my editorial calendar may already be filled up with people who are executing the same concepts. So I'll just have to hold you, which is fine. But just think about those pieces that a lot of the times we don't do hires for jobs next week. Gotcha. That's I think that's a really important piece of information because I do this as well. So it's not even like I'm above this. I think it's just what people do sometimes. Like you don't you may not always think that far in advance. And you would think that you could reach out to a tourism agency and give them a 30-day, 45-day notice. And in your head, that's plenty of time to set things up. And their head, they're like, dude, no, we're really busy. And you know, we plan everything in advance. So I think that's a really great piece of advice to let people know, like, hey, you should be reaching out you know, 12 weeks, 8 to 12 weeks in advance is ideal. Yep. And especially too, because, you know, if lodging becomes a component of your visit, if the location that we're looking at having you produce content in is hosting a big festival or something, lodging becomes an issue. So we got to shift things. So if you don't give us enough time, we're kind of boxed into a corner. 
The other thing I would recommend is just being very aware with yourself what your licensing parameters are and what you're comfortable with. So in some cases, we'll be looking for unlimited full buyouts. Um, so that way we can own the photo. We don't have to continually chase down credit. The credit becomes ours. In some cases, I'm looking for digital rights only for social packaging and e-blasts and content. You know, some people make sense to only do like a year licensing package. So just know what you're comfortable with because those licensing discussions will come up. So if you're not comfortable doing full buyouts, that's fine. Have that conversation up front. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But make sure you're comfortable with what's going to be put on the table. Gotcha. So speaking about licenses, is there a resource that you could point the audience to to learn more about licensing out their photos? Because I just had a really big photographer, you know, recently call me up to talk to me about his business and his work is amazing. And I mean, he gets flown all over the world to, to do amazing things and he had a conversation and basically he was like, a buddy of mine's making more money than I am, even though I'm technically a better photographer, but like he like does all this licensing stuff and I don't really know anything about licensing. And I feel like, I feel like a fool. He's like, and I don't really know what to do. I don't know how to learn about this stuff, where to go. And so I'm just curious if, uh, I think there's a lot of photographers out there that are they're social media photographers, so they're not your traditional photographers where they understand licensing and all these things. They're just kind of like, uh, I don't really... Here's my photos. Yeah, yeah, I just have good photos. You can have them. You know, I, th- I think you just have to do your research and really understanding the definition of each of them because, unfortunately, we do live in a world of right clicks. <laughs> but it's important, at least in our case, to to let people know that we're doing the best and and taking all the steps that we can to protect you and your work as well as ourselves. You know, every piece of content that we work with is under contract because again, we want to protect you, we want to protect your photos, we want to protect your words. So, take the time to do the research and really understand and if you get into a situation with a contract where you don't understand what it means, ask just ask it, because it's important and it may just be a word that most of us don't use on the regular mm. <laughs> that may hang you up, but make sure those licensing agreements are in place. With that said, what is it that you love most about working for Visit Idaho? I, I feel like it's a cheap answer to say everything, but it's it's just so cool. I'm born in Idaho, raised in Idaho. I live here now. I'm raising my family here and I work in a business that even having been here for close to 30 years, there are still things that I've never seen or done before, which seems pretty crazy when you're like, oh, it's just a state. But there are places that this summer I went to that I've I've never been to. I've always heard people talk about. There are hidden hot springs, hidden waterfalls, all these things that you kind of, you see in your daily life when you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and you're like, I wish I could go someplace like that. And it's like, that is actually a 30 minute drive from where I'm at right now, which totally blows my mind. So to help people make that part of their story and and find that same space where it's just like, whoa, my mind is blown right now is, is just amazing. I recently worked with um, a travel writer who's based in L.A., and we worked with her for about a week. 
And I got a phone call from her after she was done. And she said, I really hate to tell you this, but I think you're going to have to help me find a house. And I go, what? And she's like, I have to move here. I can't. I've been all over the world. And she's like, I have to move here. This place is amazing. And that is so much fun to give people a storytelling piece that then in some cases change their, changes their lives, their perspective. So I love that part of it. Absolutely. I think it's really cool too. You get to, uh, there's not a lot of people that really have jobs where they get to like do what they really enjoy doing. And like you really do have one of those lucky jobs where like, yeah, like everything else, it's work, but there's also so much upside to it. I mean, like I was on a jet boat with you and that's work for you. Like that's really neat. Most people don't get to go spend a day on a jet boat and get paid for it. So that's just, that's really exciting. I think it's really cool too that you get to like, and this is something you probably don't even know, but you've probably like working for the company that you work for, you've probably given so many opportunities to people who have never gone out into nature. And like, thanks to Visit Idaho, that was like, the tap on the butt that they needed to get out and explore the outdoors. And I guarantee most of those people that got out and did explore the outdoors probably fell in love with the outdoors. I had a recent story of a buddy had broken up with his girlfriend and he's not the outdoor type at all. And we were supposed to go to a music festival. And I basically said, Hey, I'm going to take you camping instead. And we went camping and now he's like, he won't, he won't leave me alone every weekend. He's like, wait, let's go adventure. Where are we going to go? Like, he's like, you know, like, let's climb into this water. I'm like, dude, like he went from never going outdoors, like wanting to like they climb down the side of a mountain with the rope into some waterfall. I'm like, dude, it doesn't work like that. But, you gotta level up. Yeah. But it's really cool. So like, and, and so without you even knowing, there's probably so many, you probably changed so many lives uh, and touched so many people's like souls without, you know, it's not like they're going to tell you and write you a letter and be like, oh my God, visit Idaho. You guys changed my life. I've never gone outdoors. But I'm sure there's plenty of people where, you know, you've really made a difference. And I think, I really think it comes back to authentic storytelling and accessibility. We're in such a unique position where, again, you don't have to drive 10, 12 hours to get to something. Depending on where you're at in the state, it could be 20, 25 minutes, it could be an hour, it could be two hours, it could be, you know, a, a three mile loop for a hike that you can do with your little kids or you can do with your whole family or you can do with your grandma and your grandpa and your, your friends. Like the variety is kind of unparalleled. And it's all right there. I feel like there's like a trailhead, like with like no matter where you are in Boise, I feel like there's a trailhead within a mile. Like yeah, at least some trail, oh yeah, somewhere nearby is a trailhead that's accessible. What are you most excited about right now in your organization? We're actually recently um, named as one of the top 25 tourism websites in the world by Skift, which was a big deal. Again, we're a seven-person team, which is not the case for all tourism entities, but was really cool for us. Um, The storytelling piece of it, the visual piece of it is evolving. Our visitation rates are going through the roof. So more and more and more people are coming and staying. So again, they're becoming more aware of the state. They're staying and playing and there's an economic impact, which is fantastic. That's huge. And Skift's huge. So congratulations on that. (laughs) I love Skift. Like I think, I think they give a lot of people like me, ammo and education, you know, around the space because, yeah, it's just a really cool company. They have a lot of really good research in the travel space and it's really nice to to have them to, to go and learn from and then, you know, take that, you know, take a lot of that information away and use it in your own business. So congratulations on that. And you guys also run an ESTO award? 
Yes. So um, we won a Judge's Choice Award. So that was really great. It's kind of like the overall super awesome <laughs> award, again, for our um, our digital piece in our 18 Summers uh, campaign. So again, that's it's so awesome to see that recognition. And again, people recognize it and it resonates. Right. That's, that's a lot of fun. That's really cool. So you're not only creating content and doing what you enjoy, but you just happen to be creating award-winning content and award-winning <laughs> websites. <laughs> so that's awesome. It's always exciting to, you know, to, to achieve those types of goals when you're doing things like this because that's what everyone's setting out to do is to you know, make a difference and get some recognition out of it. And so it's cool you've been able to do both of those. What makes Idaho such a special place? So this is for the audience because... Like you said, everyone is always at first like Idaho, and then the moment they come and visit Idaho, they're blown away, and they're like, I have to move here. Like, this place is so amazing. I feel like Idaho is kind of a bit of an Easter egg. Like, you have to kind of find it, and once you do, all the goodies inside are like the best day ever. Again, the diversity of what is available, I think, is so unique. We have the most navigable whitewater in the lower 48. So if you totally dig whitewater rafting at any level, it's here. Um, if you like waterfalls, they're here. If you like hot springs, developed or undeveloped, they're here. We've got hikes all over. We have Dark Skies certification now at Craters of the Moon National Monument and Preserve, which is a humongous deal. So it's some of the best stargazing anywhere in the world. And astrophotography for all you astro yeah. shooters. So that's a crazy big deal. We have the tallest singled structured um, sand dune in North America. We have the Niagara of the Rest with Shoshone Falls, which is bigger than Niagara. And you can paddleboard to it. Like, what? So there, you know, there's high adventure if you like to kick back with, you know, a beer, a glass of wine. We have an insane amount of breweries. We have wineries. We have a killer culinary scene. And it's all over the state. So you don't, it's not like you pop into one part of the state and that's kind of like one and done. You can go anywhere and find that stuff. It's just about what you what you want to seek out. And we have really awesome people. I hate to say it, but the people here are great. Everybody, you'll probably get talked to by a stranger, but you find interesting people in interesting places that way. If you lock yourself out of your car, someone will probably kindly help you. Or if you get a flat tire, people will help you. Like, they're just awesome people. It's an amazing place to live and to play. Idaho is pretty epic. It reminds me. The only other place I can think of that's similar is, like, I guess would probably be, like, Colorado. Just because I feel like people in Colorado are, like, people in Boise where they, like, they really know how to have a good time. They really enjoy the outdoors. They love their beer and their wine. And they just, like... Outside of work, they know how to live. And I don't think there's a lot of places where you see that. I've lived in a lot of different cities. And most cities, it seems like work is is life. Like, it's just work. And that's what everyone does. And when they're not working, they just go out and have maybe a cocktail or two. But it's mostly just working and going out. And you get to Idaho and everyone's, like, camping and, and supping. And I don't mean, like, on the weekends. People don't wait for the weekends to go paddleboard or bike. Like and after Yes. <laughs> like, they will go on a bike ride at lunch. They will go float the river at lunch or after work, you know. And it's, it's, it's an everyday thing. This isn't just, like, weekend activities. Like, it is a way of life here. And, like, that is 
it just makes living here so cool when you're just driving down the road on a Wednesday and you're like, oh, there's a bunch of people floating the river and there's people biking over here and it's it's always active and uh, I think it brings a certain amount of energy and like positivity to the to the city and yeah, just big fan of that. If you're at an AOV conference and you're you're talking to the community and you're going to give them your top four reasons <laughs> for why they should come visit the Gem State, what would those be? You know, again, it's it's kind of hard to to bundle because I really think in order to answer that question, you have to know the, like the purpose of your trip, what you're seeking out. For the sake of this question, let's say the the guy that just wants to come in adventure and get really cool photographs. So like what are the the most scenic? You know, so I think I Oh man. I just I keep like seeing like a slideshow in my head of all these really cool things. <laughs> and that I almost feel like that's a reason like I can't put my finger on one. There's just the the magnitude of opportunities that is here is astounding. And if you want to climb a mountain in a day, you can do it. If you want to paddleboard to a waterfall, you can do it. If you want to um, hike to a mountain hot spring, you can do it. If you want to go visit some of the best blue ribbon trout streams in the country, you can do it. You, I mean, we have history components. We have all this amazing geologic history. You know, the fact that NASA has used craters of the moon to train for missions is kind of like, what? Like, there are just these really cool pieces that just give Idaho this really unique personality. And I'll make sure to link. So we've done some some recent work with Visit Idaho and some awesome photography and some filmmaking stuff. So I'll make sure to link to that in uh, the show notes and on the blog post. That way you guys can head over to their website and you guys can just see it for yourself. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's one thing to hear about how awesome Idaho is. It's a whole nother thing to see it, to, you know, to look at pictures and to watch videos. And then, of course, there's nothing like coming here and seeing it in person because, you know, standing at the base of the, the Sawtooth Mountains is, is just, it is, it's life changing. There's something so special about it and you really have to come here to experience that. So I really hope you guys will check that out and make a trip to, to Idaho because it's definitely worth it. I mean, everybody makes the joke about smelling like clean mountain air. We totally have it. Yeah. Like it exists. It's, I promise you. And it is here. It's not it just. Totally it's, smells different. it's just not a Febreze set. It's real. Like it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> what would you be your final words of advice for the AOV community and all the content creators out there that are really hoping to get the opportunity to work with uh, tourism agencies like your guys' selves? Uh, so first and foremost, kind of like we talked about specific pitches, let me know upfront what you're interested in, what you feel super successful at, where you'd like to go, what time of year. Again, it just helps narrow our parameters and lets me know really too that you're serious, that this isn't kind of just a big like toss it out, see what comes back kind of thing. You're serious about working with us. Be flexible. Um, understand dates need to change, weather can be an impact Finances and staff can also kind of restrict our abilities. Kind of as you had mentioned, be open, open and honest with yourself about the type of work you like to do. If you start looking around at like visitidaho.org or another agency's page and realize that 
what you're seeing and the messaging that they're working with currently maybe doesn't really align, um, then maybe take a step back, let it kind of marinate for a little bit and see if that's something that really is worth you going after. You know, take the time to research licensing and know what you're comfortable with. Again, I'm trying to make my dollars go as far as possible. And so when we have conversations, my questions will be about social imagery and unlimited use. And, you know, I want the least photo management possible. So all my agreements, I like to do photos in perpetuity. Um, so I don't have to come back in three years and try and delete your photos. So if you're not comfortable with that, know that. Have that conversation up front. And understand, again, that these trips aren't kind of just like a go someplace and play. We're accountable for every dollar spent on those trips. So, you know, we're going to talk with you about messaging. We're going to talk with you about a shot sheet. We're going to talk with you about partners. We'll give you feedback. So just just remember, I mean, this is a serious business. And if you're serious about doing it, then all of this should probably feel pretty in line with any business plan that you have. But, but make sure you know what you want to get out of it before you even reach out. Wise words from Andrea Rayburn. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Andrea. Thank you. Uh, anyone interested in visiting Idaho, AOV is here. We would love to see you guys. Please visit visitidaho.org to learn more. Check the show notes. I am also going to create a free download for you guys. I'm going to make an email template based off of what Andrea had just given us. I'm going to make an email template that you guys can download and just plug in your information just to make things easier for you guys um, and to hopefully help you guys have more success with reaching your goals. Thank you for listening to the show and everyone have a great day. Thank you for listening. Please share the Art of Visuals podcast with your friends and make sure to hit that subscribe button. Sharing is caring. You can follow Art of Visuals on Instagram at Art of Visuals or sign up for the Art of Visuals newsletter on artofvisuals.com. Join us next episode for more. But until then, let's continue to visually inspire the world together.